Yes, Aral City Radio and Curling the Olympics have uh, ended a couple of days ago and uh, one of the final events uh, was the Women's Curling Finals uh, which uh, brought quite uh, quite some excitement, correct? Karen Wouter is the uh, responsable for the development of curling in Luxembourg. Oh, that was a game, wasn't it, Aliash? <laughs> and who expected that? Wow. Well, uh, there was a lot of unexpected um, happenings, events uh, in uh, this week's, uh, this uh, year's Olympics. Uh, for example, Canada um, busted out early in the ge- early in the competition. So, uh, what is the state of uh, curling globally right now? Is this still a Canada slash Scotland only sport? I think we've seen the end of that, and I think the skip of the Canadian men's team was pretty clear to try and set expectations, because you wear the maple leaf on your back and you go to the Olympics to play curling or hockey. It's expected that you come home with the gold medal, Um, but that's not the way the world works today, and I think um, I give kudos to the Canadians, to the Scots who've gone out into the world and have increased and shared their knowledge across many countries. So we're seeing countries that didn't have ice, like Australia, has no ice, and they've got a top team playing in the Olympics who knocked off what we would consider two of the big guys, Canada and Switzerland. So the game is for everybody. It is a place of opportunity for, and I think countries that haven't grasped onto yeah. it should get started. So, hey, Luxembourg, it's time. Well, um, to be honest and uh, to be fully transparent, uh, you and I often meet uh, on the curling rink in Luxembourg, in Cockleshire, and uh, uh, somehow I managed to, to uh, squeeze my way into the uh, Europeans competition in, uh, as part of Team Luxembourg. Anyway, enough about that, just so uh, everybody knows that uh, we have a um, conflict of interests. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe even wider than that, because um, although we curl together, and maybe we don't see you enough, Aliasha, guilty as charged. But, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to represent Luxembourg as a women's curling team years ago. And so I know some of the dynamics of the competitions, but also more than 50% of the teams that were playing in the mixed doubles representing Luxembourg, I've had the chance to play them, or maybe I should say be on the ice with them. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just a wonderful community and you get to know people and and you're watching the Olympics and it's so personal uh, and emotional. And, and, it, and it truly is. And although the curling itself is a centuries-old sport, it's only made this global prominence since the Vancouver Olympics. That's about 2010. So it's 12 years and we have went from this obscure little sport that people in funny pants played to, to a global event which captures the imagination of, uh, well, entire globe. Well, and I think it's also interesting to see that curling... Um, we all say, curling, what is that sport? And the only time I see it is uh, sometime turning on Eurosport during times of insomnia. But curling was on from two days before the Olympics started, right up until the final closing event was curling. So that shows you the dominance and the potential importance of the sport. And it is a sport that gets very high media attention in Asia. So um, it's also... um, 
driven a bit by the media, which is a good sign. It's showing that the sport has risen in popularity. Um, I'm under direct instructions from Lisa to mention that uh, the women's uh, gold medalists, Team Great Britain, are actually all an all Scottish uh, team. Uh, is that some sort of poetic justice, uh, curling, hailing from Scotland originally? Well, I think Scotland's put in a lot of work. They've got a great high-performance team, and they went through a lot of controversy about four years ago when they switched from a process of teams playing off against each other to decide who went forward to big events to a selection process where they actually bring individuals into a camp, watch them, assess them, and decide who's going to be the best combination. And so these women, led by Eve Muirhead, who appeared in the 2010 Vancouver Olympics as a 19-year-old new skip, um, she led this group that was unknown. They lost at the Worlds and therefore did not qualify for the Olympics. But they took the long road, they went to the qualifications, um, and were among the last three teams to get a place at Beijing. And just by a side note, so was Japan, who they played <laughs> against in the, in the, in the, finals, yeah. in the finals. Um, so it shows you what hard work can do, what a clear high-performance program can put together. So I think Scotland deserves the merit. They, Yes, they have the history, um, but they also put the work in, and they develop the sport. And You know, in 2010, even though Scotland, um, since the 16th century, is known for its curling, 2010 was the surprise winners of another female team from Scotland, the Rona Martin team. So it's really interesting. And Lisa, there you go. 20 years in between, there's time always. If you put in the work, you're going to get the result. (laughs) (laughs) Quite so. I mean, it's not that uh, anything is uh, just given away in curling. Everything is a result of hard work and fair play, which which, uh, we, I think we are contractually obliged to say that is an integral part of curling, even much more than in any other sport. I would say it's the soul of curling. Um, And you'll hear players talk about the spirit of curling, but one key thing is respect. You have respect for other team members. You have respect for the shots that they play. Nothing is a bad play that should be um, denounced. We always understand that something can happen to everybody. And there are no umpires that are watching every move. It is the players who announce that they have made a fault if they have. So it's um, it's a game that covers so many facets from science to tactical thinking to teaming to togetherness to strength and endurance, not just of the body, but also of the mind. So it's a wonderful game. Um, some people would say that would still call curling an exotic sport, uh, even though we sort of relate exotics to some um, tropical temperatures anyway uh, but uh, oftentimes it uh, exotic sports are uh, seen as uh, a way for smaller countries to um, well win Olympic goals or, or, or international international prestigious awards uh, 
is that still so with curling or has it begun uh, has it became a, a big boy and big girls uh, sporting event where uh, quality counts for at le- where, where money and might count even more than than quality and perseverance um i th- I still believe in the quality and perseverance. I think there's opportunity and I think that's what we're seeing, you know, with teams like Australia who spent six months training in Canada. They said, this is what we're going to do. We're passionate about it. We're going to follow our dream. Um, did they get a lot of funding? No, but they did it anyway. So it, it's always individual. Uh, so I think that's still very important. I think there's a place... But you cannot be a team that does not practice and show up and think that you're going to miraculously have the best luck and achieve. The level of curling has increased dramatically over the last five years. So, But there's possibilities because there's different disciplines. So we have a discipline with only two individuals. So as a small country, the chance of finding two dedicated individuals that could excel at the sport is quite high. Absolutely. And uh, still, uh, as you note, uh, there is no um, no easy way anymore. I mean, uh, the competition is fierce even at the lower levels of, of, of curling, uh, which Luxembourg has um, experienced firsthand uh, this past uh, September. But um, speaking of uh, Luxembourg uh, curling... Uh, things are looking up, are they not? They are. And uh, come out to the patinoire at uh, Coco Scheuer and we have two sheets of dedicated curling ice. And often we struggle to have a sheet full to have a good game, but you'll see the sheets are full and people are coming out. Friday evenings, we have a Fridays for Future. Okay, yes, I did steal it from somewhere. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it we have youth and their parents coming out to play. It's a wonderful opportunity. It shows the dynamics. During the week, we have seniors coming out. So we've got all age groups from 11 years old to 77 years old. Um, And that's a beauty of curling is that it doesn't matter your age. You can still participate and participate together. You're not in a segregated group. And it's also, um, while we're at it, a fun way for schools to uh, clock in their uh, physical ac- activities and physical exercise uh, hours. If anyone's listening, hashtag hint hint. Yeah, we, um, we've had some really successful um, curlers come out of the school programs when they dedicate the time to come. Unfortunately, this year with covid We'll accept that it's been difficult for the schools to do these things, but we're also putting forward through the IFEN a special four-hour continuing education program for high school or lycée um, phys ed teachers, which will give them the basics of curling and also introduce them to different ways of teaching the sport through using physics, through their geometry and math, uh, through using on off ice um, elements as well as coming to the ice and that will happen two times next year so they still got a chance you can jump on the bandwagon and be the first juniors Luxembourg curling team there we go because uh, starting as a junior you've got a bright future ahead of you uh, in curling and otherwise I mean physics using physics and geometry uh, in sports that's uh, what only 
billiards, I think, uses that uh, that level of advanced mathematics. Yeah, and you don't need to have that, but you can see that it does give a certain advantage to some players. So it's uh, it's not a must. So don't think if you're not a math uh, fanatic, you can't play curling because I'm not, and I play curling. <laughs> I second that. I second that. But. Um, Perhaps the most important reason you're here today is the upcoming... Well, the the Olympics have closed, but the Paralympics are just around the corner. And um, in conjunction with that, there is a special event the um, Curling Luxembourg is putting together with the Luxembourgish Paralympic Committee. Yeah, we have a wonderful collaboration with the Luxembourg Paralympic Committee. And their board has decided last summer that... Wheelchair curling will be the first Luxembourg Winter Paralympic sport. So we're going forward on that. And um, tomorrow is even another special day. It's called Curling is Cool Day. February 23rd, every year is Curling is Cool Day. And as part of that day this year, what we're doing is um, together with the Luxembourg Paralympics as well as the Rea Center, uh, there's a one day of introduction for the physiotherapists and patients and admin people at the center for floor curling and uh, with a tournament. After that, on the weekend, we've got a wheelchair curling induction weekend. Uh, Saturday sessions are all about understanding the game, some of the techniques, and Sunday mornings, the fun part with a bit of competition and a tournament. We've got, um, this is this is another beauty of curling, and I can talk on forever, Aliash, but this cross-border family that's created. And um, there are not, there are only 400 wheelchair curlers in the entire world that are registered or recognized. Um, And some of the wheelchair curlers from the Netherlands are coming down to join us and to share their experience. We would have had the Swiss team here as well, but they're flying, they fly tomorrow to Beijing because they'll be competing in oh, wow. the Wheelchair Paralympics. But uh, they'll be here later. <laughs> well, uh, more than enough reason to, to uh, pop over to Kokoshoyer over the weekend. Uh, Karen Wouters, thank you so much for all the work you put in and the, you took the time to talk to us here on RCT Radio. Hey, thanks, Aliash. And you're welcome to the House of Curling. It's a place for everybody. Definitely. That goes for all of you. Karen, thank you again. It's uh, 21 minutes past the hour on ARA City Radio.